This podcast is brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy. Keep Joy on air by becoming a member, a subscriber or donate. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community. Welcome to a Joycast from Joy 94.9. Visit joy.org.au to find out more about our Joycast. You gotta see the baby. When are you gonna see the baby? Family matters. It is, it's Family Matters. Welcome to Family Matters. Seven o'clock, and oh, the lovely Beck jo- joins me. The lovely Gina joins hey. me. The somewhat lovely Dave joins us. Yeah, and I'm excited as well. We've got a bit of an assistant today. I'm tonight. She's um, making coffee right now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, just a latte, one sugar. Thanks, Judy. <sighs> In the background, I'll have three sugars so I can put up with Dave. <laughs> what have you got on tonight, Beck? What I'm wearing a uh, lovely top I it's got from the iconic. Oh, what's on the show? Oh, yeah. oh, I thought get... you meant what have I got on tonight? What are you wearing under the... No, okay, keep going. <laughs> <laughs> it's a family show. It's a family Dave. show, it's not family Dave. Fair show that Judy once miscalled us, but anyway. Anyway, tonight we have a very special guest. Her name is Chloe Allworthy, and she is going to tell us all about her interesting life story of being a donor kid, now adult. Mm. I'm sure that's the official term. I th- I'm really looking forward to putting myself in her shoes tonight. They're very I- nice shoes. And look us- in them. You are so on fire tonight, Beck. Thank Can you. Can you just be quiet for a sec? <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking forward to being into her shoes and asking the questions, you know, what was pondering through her head at different times of her life? Oh, yeah? you didn't want me to talk, so I stopped. <laughs> and if people have a question for someone who was donor conceived, maybe you're thinking about having a conversation with your child. Maybe you're thinking about donating. There you go. Maybe you're thinking about conceiving. And how could they get in touch with us? You today? can simply SMS 0427 JOY 949 or you can email us on air at joy.org.au. That interview is coming up next. You're listening to Family Matters on JOY 94.9. Family Matters, Joy 94.9. We've got a big show on tonight, Beck, and I'm really excited about... Who do we have on? Me. Is that what you're excited yep. about? Dave. Yep, Gina. Gina. and a little bit of Judy Kelly, our uh, newsreader uh, work experience kid. I know. We'll see what kind of mark we give her for work experience oh, at the end of the show. I'm a tough, tough, tough marker. If you want to get involved in the conversation tonight, you can simply SMS 0427-JOY949 or you can email... On air at joy.org.au. You do? Well, we do have a special guest and we won't leave her hanging listening to us for much longer. Her name is Chloe Allworthy. Welcome to Family Matters, Chloe. Thank you. Thanks for having me, guys. So we've got Chloe here for a very special reason. We talk a lot, I guess, about donor conception on this show for um, rainbow families and for any families, really. But Chloe's got a really interesting perspective as an adult who was donor conceived. So we thought we'd get her along and and find out a bit of her story. So thank you for, for letting us probe your brain, Chloe. No worries. <laughs> so tell us, how old were you when you found out you were donor conceived? Uh, a lot of people ask me this question and I kind of just say six or seven because I can't really remember, to be honest. So I think that's a really great thing when you can't remember because it's just always been normal for you. Um, but I do remember my parents giving myself and my brother a, a cartoon book and it was really interesting because I just remember it was these two cartoon figures with this red afro of hair <laughs> and um, anyway it kind of described exactly how I was conceived and I just thought oh yeah okay it didn't really bother me as a child so um, yeah grew up always knowing but started to think a bit more about it the older I got. So but- was that book the donor conceived version of where did I come from? 
Possibly. I, got, I, I, I have no idea where that book is I've right got, now. But <laughs> I've got the book about, you know, when a mummy and a daddy love each other very much. And you know. I think this book's very ancient. I was born 92, so. Oh, well. Speak well, for yourself about. <laughs> not that ancient, ancient, but. Chloe? It's probably, I don't know where that book's gone, but <laughs> we no longer have it. <laughs> so, so when you got a little bit older, when did you start to comprehend it all and start thinking about it a little bit more deeper? Mm, I think probably when I was a teenager, so maybe about 12 or 13. Um, Father's Day, when that would come around, I would start to kind of think, I wonder where this this other man is that helped create me. And that kind of got my curiosity going. And I think um, when I was about 13 in a science class was um, a time where we were studying eye colour. And that was really interesting for me because both my parents um, had blue eyes. And my science teacher openly told me, well, no, that can't be possible because you have brown eyes and you must be adopted. Oh, and, my goodness. <laughs> and I remember thinking, oh, well, I know I'm not adopted, but I know I'm donor conceived. So I just assumed, oh, well, my donor must have brown eyes, seeing as my science teacher is telling me this. Um, and I guess that made me think, oh, well, who, who is this guy? And all these things, you know, building my, fam- my family tree in school as well and not knowing where to put this other person, you know, is he involved? Do I put him there? Where do I put him? And my teacher's not even knowing what I was talking about. So all these questions that I had and they just weren't answered. So I think teenage years was... Yeah, yeah. yeah. Did, did this bother you through your teenage years? Yes. Yeah, yeah okay. I think it did, yeah. Was it something you talked about, though? Like when your teacher, you know, was trying to tell your adopted... Were you mm. quite comfortable to say I was donor conceived or is it something you kind of mm. kept hidden? No, it wasn't something I was comfortable with at that point in my life. I think as I've gotten older, I'm obviously more open about expressing that and talking about it. But as a teenager, it was something I didn't really know a lot about and I wasn't really open with talking to my parents about it and asking for more information. Even though I'd always known, I guess I, it was such a sensitive topic, so I didn't really bring it up as a teenager. So I thought I guess I felt quite isolated at that point in my life because I wanted to raise it, but I wasn't sure if it was going to hurt my family in, in bringing that up. So so when you did get to your teenage years and your sort of curiosity, I guess, increased, what did you do? I mean, was there – I'm trying to think when this would have been. Was there mm. the internet to look yeah, at? Or? Um, there <sighs> I, I did try to Google <laughs> what, and I didn't even know I was called donor conceived. I think that was even a word that I was unfamiliar with at that point in time. So it really took until I was 18 to actually use the internet to my advantage. And I, I think I typed in, you know, sperm or, you know, and I thought, I don't know what to type <laughs> into Google. And so I had no idea where to start. And uh, funny story, when I was 18 years old, I went to my GP. So I just got my license and I thought, yes, my parents said, you know, when you're 18, you can find out more information. So as soon as I had that opportunity, I took it and I ran with it. And I went to my GP and I said, look, I'm, I was made by a donor and I don't really know <laughs> how to explain it, but can you help me? And he just swiveled his chair and started typing into Google. And I thought, oh no, he has no idea what I'm talking about. And he said, oh, well, um, where were you born? And I told him and he said, oh, we'll just go across the road to the hospital there and they'll know. And so I wandered up to reception and I said, um, excuse me, um... <laughs> I think I was made by a sperm donor and, and I, 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 uh, can you help me? And, and this poor lady at reception's going, uh, there's, there's a blood bank down the road. Maybe they know. And I was like, okay. And so my 18 year old self wandered down to the blood bank and 
Yeah, pretty much. I, I was beetroot faced by this point, saying sperm so much. And, you know, it was very awkward. And obviously the blood bank couldn't help me. And so I kind of stopped my search at that point because I was quite embarrassed. And yeah, I didn't really know where to go from there. God, that's quite an adventurous day you've had it, there. It was. It was traumatising. Well, we're going to speak uh, more with Chloe in a sec about being a conceived child. Um, you're listening to Family Matters on Joy 94.9. The life issues that, well, um, matter. Family Matters on Joy 94.9. Wow, that was impressive. Yeah. Judy. Judy doing well tonight in her Family Matters work experience. <laughs> do you know what you get, get loud? Yes. Do you know when you get your first results in like on a, on a uni degree and you think, okay, well, I'm still sitting on a pass. It's okay. <laughs> That's where you are at the moment, Judy. Oh. No, Judy was on a pass and then the passion she put into out oh. loud oh. and proud at the end. I'm giving her a distinction. Yeah, but you're an easy marker. <laughs> I am. I tell you what, I'm failing at the moment. Just before, just before we went to the live read, how about my throwaway? The, yeah. We're going to be talking about being a conceived child. Which we all are, Dave. <laughs> a donor conceived. Dave, do you need me to talk to you about where babies come from? <laughs> I always hope that I was adopted. Um, no, joking. Uh, uh, Chloe, we are talking to Chloe, a donor conceived child on Family Matters. Um, when did you start to look, uh, when did you start to think about looking for the, your donor? Yeah, so I guess after I had the traumatising experience <laughs> at, at the hospital and all those kind of things at 18, I, I did stop searching at that point. I didn't really know who to turn to or where to go. Um, and I started the search again when I was 22 years old and I just had my second shoulder reconstruction. And I remember saying to my mum, oh, you know, we don't know why this has happened with my shoulders. I've also had some issues with my thyroid and I really only have half of my medical history. Mm. Do you think that's important for me to have the other half? And she said, well, yes. And I said, well, can you help me? Because I really, I really would like to find out more about my sperm donor. And so my mum disclosed to me that I was conceived at Melbourne IVF and that kind of started the whole process. And uh, it was a long a long journey, but yeah. It, How do you get traction? How do you get the early traction of actually finding that person? Yeah, it's, it was quite difficult because when I started my search, the legislation hadn't changed and now the legislation allows all donor-conceived people, regardless of when they were born, the right to identifying information on their donors. At that point, my donor was anonymous um, and I wasn't sure if he wanted to remain that way, but I really wanted to reach out to him to see if he if he would like contact. Um, so... I guess the first thing I did was contact Melbourne IVF and um, they told me to, to go to Burst Essa Marriages and Burst Essa Marriages at that point held my files. So unfortunately they weren't trained counsellors um, in delivering information and it's quite sensitive information mm. to deliver to someone. So they said, oh, look, you know, from the time that you were born, it seems like you might be quite lucky in um, finding and locating your donor. It should be okay. Um, because we've got files here. And I said, oh, great. And so I thought, oh, in a few weeks, maybe I'll get a phone call. And I did get a phone call, but they said, oh, I'm sorry, we, we couldn't find your donor. Um, and that was it. Oh, and God. so How did you take that news? Oh, it was, it was horrible. It, it was really devastating because I had got my hopes up. You do have to go to counselling before you get this news. And the counsellor had also said to me that she was quite sure that my donor would be open to contact and would be easily found. So a lot of what people were telling me was 
completely the opposite to what I experienced. Um, so that was devastating for me. Um, but soon after, I got an amazing phone call from Melbourne IVF um, saying that someone had come forward and I assumed it was my donor because I didn't know that there was anyone else out there that I was related to. But... Um, Basically, donor-conceived people all have donor codes, and this is what um, links us to our siblings, which I didn't know that I had. So one of my siblings, um, whom I didn't know existed, had actually reached out to Melbourne IVF at exactly the same time as myself. Wow. And one of the colleagues was actually searching for the same donor code as my donor code and said, hey, that looks familiar. I'm pretty sure I searched for that donor the other day. And then they matched them together and they're like, oh, these guys are siblings. So they contacted me and my brother and said, oh, well, do you guys want contact? And both of us went, um, yes. Oh, like, my goodness. That's amazing. So I got to meet with this guy and it was just the most life-changing experience because I finally didn't feel so alone. Like I felt like I had someone that I could connect with and that shared the same interests with me and wanted to find the donor as well. Did you feel something as soon as you met him, like that there was a connection yeah, there? Yeah, definitely big warm hug and you immediately know that you're connected um and I felt that with all my siblings it's just this immediate feeling of love and overwhelming joy and happiness to just be with them wow so then what did you combine forces then to try and find your donor yeah and I like to joke about a lot of people say that um medical professionals used to donate back in the day and I always think they've created an army of really smart people (laughs) so we're all going after our donors (laughs) so yeah it was nice to have his support though along the way in trying to look for my donor and and geographically where was he in the same state or was he in the... Yeah, so luckily he was in Victoria as well. So we live about an hour and a half from each other. So then what what was the next step, I guess, in the journey to finding your donor? Yeah, so from there I was told by multiple sources that there was no hope that he wouldn't be found. So um, I actually turned to the media and that was really difficult for me because some people in my family I'm sure weren't aware that Mm. I was donor-conceived. Others weren't happy with me going to the media. Um, So that was a really public way to try and look for my donor. But it was something I felt I had to do. Um, And then I guess with a lot of legal advice um, going through Melbourne IVF and many years later, um, they finally allowed Vanish, who is actually an agency that does searches mostly for adoptees, but now for donor-conceived people as well. Um, Vanish did a search for my donor and they found five people that matched his name and then located it back to him who was in South Australia. So this poor man had been, um, he'd called the clinic in 1993, so all of his children were born. He had 11 children conceived through his donation. Wow. And he had four children of his own as well. So he had called the clinic and he said, oh, I really want to know, you know, he was a midwife at the time, I really want to know if there were children conceived through my donation. And the clinic said to him, oh, we're sorry, there, there wasn't any successful pregnancies. So all this media I'd been doing, trying to get a hold of this man, he didn't even know I existed. So that was a real letdown for me and to know that he was in such shock, obviously, that his whole life had just turned around. He'd been told he now has, you know, 11 more (laughs) children out there. So um, luckily for me, he was just so open and, you know, welcoming into his family and... Oh, it was just incredible. As soon as I found him, he just he wanted to meet and I wanted to meet. And so he was in another state. I um, flew to Adelaide 
And at the airport, I just remember looking across and just knowing that was him. And it was just the most incredible moment, just that moment you've been waiting for your whole life and just hugging him and just feeling that warmth once again. It was beautiful. And um, what were some of the first words that you spoke to your your dad? (laughs) I actually have it on film and I can't even remember. But it was just it was not a lot of words. It was more just staring at each other really Mm. weirdly, probably, but just staring at each other and seeing those similarities and being like, yeah, like, wow. Because I, I was going to say, I've seen a picture of the two of you and you look really similar. Oh, do we? <laughs> <laughs> so that yeah. might have been really interesting to kind of... Yeah, and he had blue eyes. So the whole time oh. I thought he had brown eyes. <laughs> so <laughs> weird. So I was at like 0.1, I don't know, percent. It was a very low percent chance that I would have brown eyes, but somehow it happened. Um, yeah. And uh, what happened after that? What, what, were some of the first, what were some of the questions that you wanted to... And you did ask him. Yeah. So I think one of the main questions that I asked uh, was, why did you donate? Mm. And that might sound like an odd question, but I guess it's it was just something really interesting to me. And it was because he was a midwife and he did see a lot of, of couples going through, you know, hard times, struggling to get pregnant, and he wanted to help these people. So it was really nice to know that he had such a genuine reason and for donating, and so that was beautiful. Um, but I'd love to mention, I went back to his house and it was so beautiful. He'd painted this sign and put it up in his garden and it said... Um, um, Chloe, welcome to our family. Oh, my Stop goodness. It. <laughs> it well, was beautiful. Well, we're going to cover this lovely story a little bit more. You are listening to Family Matters on Joy 94.9. Now, we are going to go to a song. Chloe, before we do, tell us what this song is. So this song is called Mistaken Identity. It's um, a song by my band called Agamus, and I love writing about my experience of being donor-conceived, so I'd love to share with you guys um, a little bit of that.
The kids are all right. As for our presenters, um, Family Matters, Joy 94.9. It is Thursday night. It's Family Matters with Beck and Dave with a bit of Judy and a bit of Gina. What a recipe for fun. Oh, 100%. Well, we are having fun. We're here with Chloe Orweather, who is a donor-conceived adult, who is telling us all about her fascinating journey, I guess, to finding her dad. And and you were telling us just before the break about how you met him and, and went to visit him in South Australia, and he made this sign that said, Chloe, welcome to our family, which I just thought was adorbs. Mm. Now, he had... 11 donor-conceived children, was it? Did he make a sign for all of them when they came? Yes. So he actually reused the sign and just <laughs> painted <laughs> it with some new names. But, yeah, it's beautiful. And I was saying in the ad break how it was so nice that he um, he also made me a cake. And I turned around, there's this beautiful cake with all these cherries and chocolate and cream, and he'd made it himself. And all of the family was there singing happy birthday. And he said, Chloe, this is for the... 23 years oh. that we've missed oh. and it was just beautiful and I'm oh, try not to cry through these say, things I'm but I was just bawling my oh, eyes out. I was like, this is the most beautiful thing that anyone's ever done for me. So what, were you with the first one of the, mm. of the kids that found him? Yeah. What was the process then for the rest of them to get involved? Yeah, so with the current legislation, uh, donors can actually now outreach to their offspring but siblings can't outreach to other siblings. So although I would have loved to do that myself, um, I couldn't do that, but my donor was actually willing to do that, which was really great of him. But also there's that worry that, you know, with the statistics we have at the moment of 8.3% of adults knowing they're donor conceived, Mm. that's a massive percent that don't know. So I'm also cautious and wary, I guess, of the fact that people that we may contact may not know they're donor conceived, which could be really confronting for them. And yeah, it could be horrible. So um, my donor outreached to all of our siblings and um, so far two have come forward. So one of them knew and one of them didn't. Wow. Oh, my God. So dramatic. <laughs> Dave's fascinated. I'm just trying to think of a so phone call saying, do you want to come and meet me? That's yeah. just such a bizarre situation. So there's three of you now that have, mm. you know, and are you just, do you feel like you're just one big family now? Yeah, it is really nice. You know, we catch up for big family holidays. So our last one was in the Grampians and um, we just have such a great time together. You know, we just hire out a couple of houses because it's getting to that point now. There's so (laughs) many of us. When you add on, you know, our siblings and some of them have children and then their partners and it just gets huge. So we love to just catch up and yeah, we have a lot of catching up on life, I guess, to do. So (laughs) it's really nice to just hang out and uh, do you see do you see a lot of yourself in your dad like little you know mannerisms or anything like that do you see that in your dad yeah I think maybe his mannerisms and his his nature he's a warm and I don't want to I don't want to say I'm warm but I feel like I'm quite a warm person and I feel like Ken is as well um but also he he's quite creative in ways and little things that he he does like baking cakes and I love baking as well and just that he when I first came over I found this beautiful flower arrangement in my room and it was just so delicately done and all the flowers were just placed so beautifully and I just said, oh, Sue, as in his wife, did you do that? And, no, no, Ken, Ken did that. He's really great at all that stuff. <laughs> so I was like, oh, wow, just those creative little things that we have in common, which is so fascinating to me. And I guess probably more so, you know, for those of us who have 
grown up with the parents that conceived us, we probably don't notice those things because yeah. they've always been around, whereas probably to you it's much more pronounced. Yes, and I think as well career option-wise, you know, my parents uh, have never done any sort of career that I've kind of headed towards and so I, I did my Bachelor of Teaching and I always thought, oh, it's so odd because no one else does this kind of thing or is interested in this and and then I find out my donor was a teacher <laughs> as well. So he was a midwife and then he went on to do teaching so just crazy similarities. And you yeah. spoke about uh, Ken's partner, Sue. How is your relationship with Sue? Yeah, wonderful. She's been so warm and welcoming as well. So she's always known and she was um, she she was open to the fact that Ken was donating and knew that that might result in children. And from the very beginning, you know, she's just treated me like one of her own. It's just, it's been so beautiful. And then they've got children of their own too. Yeah, so they've got three children and then they adopted a girl from Taiwan. Wow. So um, Older, younger than you? Younger. So, oh, oh. <laughs> it's a bit of a mixed bag. Okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And do you get the chance to play older sister a little bit to them? Well, I don't think I... I think I'm only an older sister once. Do you know, I need to figure out the, the order. Yeah. Like, yeah. I think I'm somewhere in the middle. <laughs> I don't know. I don't even know. There's too many of us. So is it is it still an active search for the rest of them or is it just that Ken has to wait for them to come and find him now? Yeah, so... Unfortunately, it looks like they've been outreached to the seven other brothers that I have out there, but there hasn't been any contact so far. So what happens with an outreach is usually um, you'll receive a letter in the post and it will say that, you know, this information may or may not um, be related to you and to call Vata and that person might instantly know what it's about or they might think, I have no idea what Mm. this letter's about. So it doesn't actually say... It Guess doesn't what? say your donor yeah. conceived because it could be wrong. You yeah. know, they could have sent it to the wrong person, but hopefully not. Um, and yeah, so I guess I do worry for them because I know that seven of them may have recently found out and may not know. So I do worry for their well-being uh, and that they're coping okay. And I'd like to encourage you know anyone out there who's who's dealing with this because I know there has been some outreaches recently and um, it can be quite difficult you know to contact VADA if they need support because it can be a really really hard time. Because there is good support that VADA can provide isn't there? Yeah there is and there's lots of Facebook pages as well um, online if you just type in donor conception and you know we'd love to support anyone else out there that that might be struggling with finding out their donor conceived because it's going to become more and more common. And regarding VADA's support what does that look like? Yeah, so there's counsellors at VADA that can help you or if you just have any questions about the legislation because that can get very confusing Mm. quite quickly as well. Um, Yeah, so there's support for for everyone that's involved in donor conception, so donors and recipient parents as well. So, yeah, any information that you need to find out. Because I guess even the donors themselves, I mean, even if they Mm. are actively searching out their donor children, it's still going to be quite a confronting experience for them meeting, I guess. Yeah, and a lot of donors that I've met... um, become quite emotional actually about the fact that they have children out there that they might not be able to reach or that they're scared that if they reach out they might not know and they might disrupt their lives so I think it has a really huge impact on the donors as well and that can be really difficult for them too. Now Chloe I'm going to ask this because I ask a lot of inappropriate questions but (laughs) go for it. (laughs) Obviously you've got these seven brothers out here there Mm. that you don't know about who could be you know around your age. Do you ever worry when you're you know out on the town or something you could... What are you talking about here? On the old apps or something? On the apps. You know, you might think that guy's quite handsome and then he's your brother. 
Yeah, well, I guess I've been lucky enough to be dating a guy for eight years. Oh, that's Eight good. years today. Happy Aww. happy anniversary, Seb, if you're out there. Happy anniversary, Seb, from all of us. Yeah. Thank you. A big list of family matters, yeah. by the way. And he's not my brother. <laughs> so we actually got DNA testing, just to be well, sure. Really? That. We did, did yeah, for sure. I think it's, you know, because all my brothers are within the same age range as me, the one that I just most recently met also sings in a band. So there's, you know... All likelihood we would have crossed paths um and was there ever moments with Seb that you you know like <laughs> you m- might both like smooth peanut butter or you both might be left-handed and you start thinking maybe possibilities or <laughs> to be honest uh he's Italian so I mean <laughs> but I think a lot of us don't conceive people go for a lot more cultural people just that don't look like <laughs> yeah. us for a certain reason <laughs> just to be really sure. yeah yeah but I mean if I was on the dating scene for sure I mean I'd bring my list I have a list of all I have is the um, the year and month and sex of them. So I'd kind of be like, so were you born in this month? Yeah. And if, if so, I can't be with you. So. Yeah. And, and with Seb, was uh, Seb a uh, two-part question? Was, she, was he very supportive of your search? And also at the same time, was there any part of you like were envious of like Seb's family? Yeah, that's actually a really interesting question. I've never had that question before. Good question. Well, well done, Dad. <laughs> and I've, had, I've had a lot of questions. <laughs> no, <don't worry. laughs> um, so Seb was very supportive. He actually was one of the the only supports, I guess, I had from the beginning. Uh, so that was really great to have him to lean on to the phone calls, saying, "You know, you don't can't be found. Mm. You'll never find him. Give up." He was always there. Um, so I was so lucky to have him. And saying he's Italian, you know, he has such a big, beautiful family. And, yeah, I would actually be quite envious sometimes because, you know, they're so open about their um, ethnicity and where they've come from and they're so proud of their background. And that would always make me think, well, I don't know where I'm from. Like, I don't even know where my heritage is from. And I'd love to feel that proud and I'd, you know, love to know more about my ancestry. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's big, so. big families like that seem to take it for granted yeah. <laughs> a little bit, as in like that support they've got around them and Yeah, and, so and I forth. guess unless you're missing that, maybe you wouldn't realise how much it would mean to you to not have that, you know, um, because a lot of people, yeah, might, might take it for granted. But if it wasn't there, maybe you'd think, oh, why don't I have the right to this? Yeah. Well, it's interesting. We alluded to it earlier that there has been some changes in the law that's made it easier for people to find their donors. Mm. Are you... I and I presume I know the answer to this, but a big advocate for that sort of information being readily available? Yeah, absolutely. And I think with the Victorian legislation change, it's I'm really hoping that other states will also take that on board because really only Victoria has mm. that. Um, so all the other states don't have what we have here and we're so lucky that we can have access to this information on ourselves and that is our right now. But you know, the rest of Australia really needs to, to take that on board and to, to make that happen for other people too. Because I I guess for both the donor-conceived children and even the donors, you know, mm. there's so many questions that, I mean, I'm, I was thinking from the donor's perspective, I imagine a lot of them, a lot of them probably just donated for the, you know, because they could, but I imagine there's a lot of them that have some lingering questions about the kids that might be out there. Yeah, definitely. And I think it would be hard not to think about that. You know, if you had children out there, it'd be hard not to think about if they're doing okay, you know, are they are they, mm. are they doing well in their lives? Um, and I think that kind of leads to a question that I had about my donor, is he even alive, you know? Yeah. That's a really big question that I always worried about. I worried, I'd search for all these years and he might have passed away. Um, so I think that's why it's really 
really important for parents to tell as soon as possible because we just don't know how much time these donors have. Um, and, and with all that thought going through your head, was it starting to become more of a panic rush to find him towards yeah, the end? Yeah, but I think it was a panic rush the whole time for okay. me because I'm, I'm one of those people that, you know, I, I'm so curious about everything in life and that just played on my mind just 24-7. So I just pushed and pushed and pushed and pushed. Um, so it was kind of something that I worked on every single day. And at the same time, were you kind of preparing yourself for the worst yeah. kind of type of news? Yeah. I think yep. after the best of some marriages mm. call that devastated me, I had told myself I will never find him or he has passed away. Mm. And what's your relationship with Ken like now? Is he like just a dad, you know, another dad? Or what? Yeah, is does it, it a bit different? Does he tell you or? off? You yeah. <laughs> does he give you good presents on your birthday? <laughs> oh, he gives such good presents. He's such a giving man. He, he makes a lot of honey, so he likes to hand out honey. So he's a very nice. sweet man. Oh. <laughs> um, I guess the relationship is a little bit different because he hasn't raised me. Um, so I try to call him my biological father yeah. um, because I guess I don't want to offend my dad or any dads out there. Um, so that's kind of the, the language I use. But there is that feeling of support. Um, and, you know, when I got my uni results, I'd, I'd be so excited to message him. Things like that that you just want to share with someone that you love and that you care about. So, yeah, there definitely is that really strong connection there yeah when you say love did you feel like you loved him straight away or was that something that happened over time no straight away straight away instant yep must be such an amazing feeling it is and importantly has he approved of uh young sebastian (laughs) i should ask him shouldn't i (laughs) text him ken right well speaking of you know you talked about telling kids Varta is running a seminar time to tell on the 6th of October yeah. to provide tips to parents about yeah. how and when to tell their kids do you think that's a really important thing for so parents important. to go along to and I think I'd really like to encourage any parents out there that might be listening now and are thinking oh I have adult donor conceived children or you know they're now adults and I haven't told them because I think that is so common we now know that that's so common from the statistics um, that it's it's never too late to tell and that they would rather hear it from you because we know with DNA testing there's more and more people matching with siblings and then thinking oh, why do I have a sibling match mm. and then they're finding out through other means so it's really important parents that they hear it from you um, it's really not a secret that should be kept and especially because they won't have any medical history from half of that side and that's really important and I think the thing to remember is as well things change donors medical history changes Mm. my donor now um, has Parkinson's and I wouldn't know that you know unless I had have contacted him so things could have changed with their medical history it's so important for um, people to be updated about this as well I'm really surprised by how few adults know that their yeah. donor can save like that must just be shocking yeah. as a as an adult that's again what do you say 8. it was 8.3 percent no so that's Gosh. over 90 percent don't know yeah do you think that's changed that will change over time like people yeah. are more I, I would have thought maybe you know 20 30 years ago people were more embarrassed about having to use a donor yeah it was quite taboo back in the day and there were also um people that were encouraging people not to tell so i guess that kind of led to where we are today and people are thinking oh they're adults or is it too late it's not too late um but 
I think these days, you know, I was I was explaining before a bit of the statistics that 53% of um, solo mothers use sperm donors now. So there's only a smaller percent of heterosexual couples. Um, so it's a little bit harder to hide, you know, if they're lesbian couples or solo mums. But... Um, yeah, I think it's more open. You know, Time to Tell shows that, that, that people are coming to these seminars and thinking about telling, which is fantastic. And I guess it depends on how old the child is too, how much mm. you tell them, how you tell them, whether you pull out the comic book with the red afros or... Yeah, yeah, that's right. And I think it's just important to even just, yeah, start with cartoon books. Start as soon as they... As soon as they're born, you know, read, read to them. Um, just make it normal for them. Well, Chloe, thank you so much for joining us tonight and telling your story. That's been just amazing. We've thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, we want to go and visit Ken. So you can make <laughs> us a sign. Give us some honey. Um, Welcome home, Becca Day. Yeah, that's right. Welcome to the family. But, look, thank you very much, Chloe. It's a, it's a wonderful story. And, um, yeah, I do urge people to get along to that Time to Tell seminar with Varta. I think that'll be on our Facebook page if people want some more information about that. You are listening to Family Matters on Joy. Family Matters is brought to you today by the letters L-G-B-T-I-Q-A and the number one. Family Matters, join 94.9 Thursday nights for your light-hearted show about rainbow families. Exactly. And Dave, Brilliant. Gina and Beck, the oldest school Family Matters Oh, the is. old Family Matters. We're the old Family oh, Matters. Geez. With our work experience, Judy. How did you enjoy that, Judy? Very educational. Getting there. Wasn't Chloe fascinating? Yeah, Are we all scared to get a letter now? Maybe we... Like, don't you all have that kind of f- fantasy? As kids, don't we innocently have the fantasy of, what if I was part of, like, the royal family? Becca, yeah. I'm sure you would. Oh, all the time. I still do. <laughs> Chloe was a guest where I think there was moments when we, like, all our faces in the studio yeah. were so focused on what she was saying and so, like... And, like, the words that she spoke about Ken... I know. They were so yeah. warm and loving. It was so. Was it was such goosebumps. a great story. Yeah, and um, I just think what an amazing man he is too. To just think, I I want to give the gift of being able to have children, and then now welcoming those children into his family. And as a midwife too, imagine yeah. his role bringing babies into this world and supporting people giving birth. To be told that no, none of it worked. Imagine the heartbreak to hear that. I mean, he's put himself out there. We know still, you know, if you're a sperm donor, you can be donating up to 10 couples. Mm. Um, so to hear that none of that had worked would have been devastating. And the moment at the airport, oh. if that's not a, a Hollywood script right I there. Know. I know. Love actually sperm it? No, donor actually? We like, just imagine this. sitting on the plane and just thinking all that, you know, 22-minute yeah. flight to Adelaide. That's right. Um, but uh, that's the, so many feelings going through her head. And to have that connection straight away. Amazing. I want words without science teacher. What science teachers are out there just telling kids, you're adopted? Also, well, the science you're adopted. Yeah. Well, my view is don't give that science teacher an award at no. all. But speaking no. of awards, Globe yes. Awards is coming up next month. Again, Ooh. already? Becky, you be, uh, no, Beck, oh, you lost last year, didn't you, Beck? Oh. That's right. Thank yep. you, just Dave, for your list. support. Oh, we've, got some, uh, we've got some great representatives here. Some of the uh, fam- the part of the Family Matters uh, family oh, as well that are we're on here as well. Yeah, we've really? got... Um, who? Uh, oh. We've got Bowie Stover. Oh, yes. Some they've, of our they've most been, regular guests. They've been on the show before. Sure have. Um, great work with Proud to Play. Uh, Joe Hurst has been oh. nominated for Straight Ally of the Year. And Joe Hurst has 
been on the show. Multiple She's co-hosted the show. <laughs> she retweets our tweets. She just loves yeah. us all round. And sometimes I've not been able to be in and Joe's come in as the adult when, funny enough, you two have been on the Yeah, I know. Joe, <laughs> Joe's basically our mum. We've got Angie Green, a friend of the, uh, friend of the show as well. I don't That's think Angie's been on the show, has she? Um, Transpov podcast, our co-host Michelle yeah. hosts that. Yeah, that's right. Well Trans-POV. Yes. Oh, yeah. What did you um, call it? Pov. Pov. No, no, it's not the cheap version. Oh, it's the trans expensive. Um, but well done, Michelle. Dina Curie and Matthew Wade from and, uh, Victoria LGBTI Person of the Year nominee, James Lolly Carter from oh, Proud well to Play as well. James. And he claims to be a part of our See, family, but we haven't sort of let him in yet, no. have we? Seen we haven't a, made him a sign. I'm seeing a trend that guests on our show seem to end up as nominees for mm. Glow. Actually, that's a good point. See? That's a very good point. So if you do have something you want to share with Family Matters and want to get in touch with us, email us at familymatters@joy.org.au. Get us on our millions of socials. And also, if you're a part of the Globe Awards committee and you need just a couple of people just to host the red carpets... Um, I know. Beckon. Oh, seriously, Actually, we are made for that job. Did you get the phone call about the Christmas thing? No, no we never did. That's Carol's by, Carol's yeah. by Queer Lines. If yeah. anybody knows anything about that, we are <laughs> desperate to host that. We don't have much else going on in no, our lives really right don't. now. So we are desperate to host that. But actually, red carpet arrivals at the Globe Awards, we would be great at that. I know. That'd be so fantastic. They have to get us early in the night, though, because yeah. the lemonades That's are there. The lemonades are free. Yes. So the lemonades, you know, go down very well. So. We'd be like on E. I'm like Juliana Rancic and you're... Um, David Campbell. Ryan Seacrest. Ryan Seacrest. Asking what they're wearing. Yes, I can no, we won't ask them what they're really? wearing, Gina, because that is not very feminist and progressive. I'd be asking everyone what they're wearing. It's a global. No, so you could ask that. Hashtag ask them more. Ask them more. Oh, I like it. Great like one. Where it. do you get that one from? That's not one of your originals. From the internet. From oh. the internet. Do you even know how to use the internet at your age? Sometimes I do. Sometimes. Okay, we're going to break up this little uh, sibling tiff here. I wonder if you two are donor siblings, siblings. Um, <laughs> we are going to pay some bills and then wrap up for the night. We are ready to wrap up here on Family Matters before we hand over to Well, Well, Well. And then The Woods. And James from The Woods has been nominated for a Globe Award too. Woof. Great job, James. Good work, James. And we congratulate all the nominees for the Globe Awards. But you know what? In the Volunteer of the Year, we actually want James to win. Let's be honest. Yeah, James. I'm going to actively campaign for that to happen. I'm going to make signs. Yep. Um, Varta's the the podcast last week that we'll Daniel and Con took over the mm-hmm. uh, ship. That was fantastic, and they've got a great event coming up, which is time to tell a seminar to talk about how to tell your children about how they came into the world. So that is on Saturday, the sixth of October at Northcote High School. So um, get along to Google that time to tell, and we'll put it up on our Facebook page. Yeah. Um, it oh. does sell out, so people should organise to get a ticket. There's lunch. Uh, Rainbow oh. Families will be there. I was going to say morning tea provided. Oh. That's not for provided. nothing. That lunch gets me in every sales. time. Mm. But um, highly recommend. If you, like Chloe said and like our, uh, the group said last week, there's, it's never too late to tell. Do not, you wouldn't want your kids to be getting one of those letters in the mail. So best that information comes from yourself. Anyway, catch up on our podcast, joy.org.au forward slash Family Matters, or you can search for Family Matters on iTunes. That's another edition of Family Matters done for the day. Good night. Good night. To find out more about Joy 94.9, check out joy.org.au. Thanks for listening to another Joy podcast brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy. Help keep Joy on air. 
head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community.